Hey everyone, welcome to our first episode of the Insight Podcast. In this episode, we have two site board members joining us to share updates on how site has responded to COVID-19. They're going to share their stories as district leaders, and we'll also discuss what tech leaders can do now um, to have things on their radar for, for next steps. My name is Jamie Lusider, and co-moderating with me is Shane Pinnell. All right, so um, as this is our first show, we want to share some background on site as an organization. SITE stands for California IT and Education and is one of the oldest education associations in California. This is the 60th year and there are over 1,600 members. SITE is a California representative for the Student Privacy Alliance, which is open to the public at studentdataprivacy.net. SITE is also a major advocate for proper funding of technology in schools. SITE is led by a board where 100% of the team works in technology at school districts. It's important to note that SITE is the only organization focused on the support of IT professionals working in schools. You can get involved in one of the 22 regional groups across the state, open to everyone working in education, and the incredibly active online community. Now that we know a little bit about SITE, let's meet today's guests, SITE board members David Goldsmith and Phil Scrivano. Phil, tell us a little bit about your current position, uh, both with the SITE board and your school district, and what you've never imagined you'd be in charge of with that role. Okay, I'm currently the president-elect for next year of SITE, and I've been a member for probably a little bit over 20 years, and really been great professional growth to watch and be involved in SITE. Um, I am the director of IT for Senior Unified School District, and I think one of the things that I've never imagined I would do in my career was to spend a lot of money on active shooter technology for the safety of our students. And uh, the best part about it is our students like the idea that if something ever does happen, that they're going to get a response rather quickly, and the systems make uh, students feel safer at school. All right. Thank thanks, you. Phil. I appreciate that. Uh, David, thanks for being here today. Uh, now it's your turn. What's your current position, and what is something you do in this position that falls under other duties as assigned? Hi, Shane. Jamie. Um, I'm the current uh, site board president uh, for year 2020. Lucky me. Um, th- this is my 20th year involved with SITE, formerly SETPA, formerly SEDPA, I, and I am the, the CTO for the Hanford Elementary School District in, in the Central San Joaquin Valley. As far as something I do in this position that falls under other duties as assigned, usually I would, I would say the, the district barista. Um, I, I have a, a whole <laughs> espresso bar set up in my office, and, and we, throw, uh, we throw breakfasts, and, and it's always a big hit, and I have a I have an apron, a custom apron with my name on it, the, the district logo. Um, but uh, now it seems like I'm, I'm Zoom tech support. So um, yes. that, that, that's my other duties assigned. So is that's your uh, espresso bar, is that, um, is that like a Keurig espresso bar? Is that like no, a, no, 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 we're, we're, no, it's a good espresso bar. We, oh. we, uh, one, of my, one of my guys actually roasts the beans. So we have custom roasted beans. And we have uh, we have fully fully automatic as well as manual espresso machines with with uh, milk foaming and I don't do the the, the cool designs on, on the top uh, latte art but uh, you know we, we make them taste good. So Do you have the little powdered printer of uh, the lo- district logo for the. <laughs> no, that's next. That's next year <laughs> right. if we get through this. We'll we'll do that. Nice, very nice. Well, thank you, for thank sharing. you both for being here. Yeah, thank you. I want to open up our show today with a game just to get to know all of you a little bit and you can get to know us. So this is something we do in our interviews in my tech department to 
to meet our candidates and it, it really helps us um, build culture quite quickly. So how this is going to work is I'll say a topic and all of us are going to answer. So it's kind of an either or. So first round, um, David, you just answered this for us, but we'll let you start. Coffee or tea? Of course, it's, it's coffee. Always has been, always will be. Phil, what about you? Coffee. And I just started drinking it about four years ago. Love it. How about you, Jamie? Nice. You know, I only drink water. I, oh. I, uh, yeah, just that, that's my favorite thing. All right. Well, I'm a, I'm a tea person personally. I've um, nice. only accidentally had coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. All right. Football or soccer? Uh, for me, that would be football, the, the real American style of football. And for me, it would be soccer and watching uh, how many people around the world uh, focus in on one game. It's good stuff. I'm kind of split. What about you, Jamie? You know, I am a huge fan of the World Cup. I, yeah. I just love watching soccer. But I, I'm also, anything that has like sports narration, I'll watch. Like HBO Sports, I love hearing announcers. So, uh, but World Cup is my favorite. So have you been watching the, um, not unemployed announcers, but the underutilized um, announcers going out to dog parks and announcing, oh, yes. announcing dogs running around right now? Yeah, it's pretty funny yeah. stuff. Those are all getting saved in my TikTok feed at the moment. They're pretty Very nice. Great. Those are horrible. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Android or iOS? Recently, iOS. I, I used to be well. I used to be BlackBerry, um, and then then uh, <laughs> yeah, and and then shifted into Android because you know I'm a geek and and I like to to, to tinker and and uh, whatnot. But uh, finally, just uh, ease of use um, seemed uh, attractive. So I, I've been I've been iOS for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Phil, how about you? Yeah. I'm just the opposite. I was iOS for many years in the last two years because I have a, a son that works in the tech industry in San Francisco. He finally convinced, convinced me that uh, Android's the way to go. I'm really enjoying the tinkering part that Dave is talking about. Mm-hmm. I love I- iOS. I was BlackBerry to iOS too. Yeah, same here. I just I just want my phone to work. I don't want to have to work for my phone. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate Android. I think it's it's a fantastic uh, fantastic ecosystem and operating system. But uh, I just I just want to pick my phone up and use it. Mm-hmm. All right, last two: Mac or PC? Um, I'm not sure. I'd know how to turn on a Mac if you set one in front of me. Um, <laughs> they, they they look they look alien to me. The 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 OS and that, that that's weird, you know, because I use an iPad. But uh, um, uh, yeah, PC. I've been building my own computers since I was a a computer tech, you know, twenty plus years ago. So it's it's always mm-hmm. been Windows. And I've uh, vacillated a few times. Um, I enjoy the Mac operating system, but probably ninety nine percent of my work is on the PC side. I'm, I'm running uh, a, yeah. oh, go ahead, Shane. Oh yeah. I'm just saying I'm, I'm all Mac. I mean, it's obviously support windows and, and know it very well also, but my, my daily driver is a Mac for sure. Yeah. I have Mac running, running a VM. So I have windows when I need it, but Mac most of the day. All right. Last one. This one's a little bit tougher. Self-driving cars or human drivers? Well, I, I like to drive. Uh, so I, uh, there's nothing more thrilling than, than uh, getting behind the wheel of, of a performance car and, and taking it out, you know, in the foothills or, or on the, on the coast. And, and I uh, do that with my alpha and, and just, just love it. So I would, I would rather drive the car myself than have it drive me. Now I'm a little, uh, two directions here. I love motorcycles and, uh, do a lot of risk taking on the motorcycle. Enjoy that. But in the car uh, yesterday, I just did it 650 miles between where I'm at in Vegas. And then that's an up and back trip. And I must have touched the pedals and the steering wheels maybe three or four times in the whole trip. And so I like to almost be a passenger on long trips like that. It's, I'm enjoying all the technology. 
What uh, what car were you driving that you didn't have to touch the pedals or the steering wheel? <laughs> it's the uh, my Subaru Outback. It's a new oh, one, okay. and yeah. uh, it, it does have a flaw that it kept beeping at me to put my hands back on the steering wheel, but it did a great job. <laughs> How about you, Jamie? Um, I yeah, living in LA, I love driving, but I I mean I'm excited. The freeways have been so empty, but when they when they when this is lifted and we come back, it would nice. It would be really nice to have uh have more robots driving. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with. Traffic. I'm kind of with all of you. I I love driving too, but um, I'm thinking human drivers on the track. But when I'm on the freeway, I would love to have a self-driving car. I don't. I don't like the yes. gridlock and the stop and go at all. Uh, yeah. So, David, you said you had an Alpha. What kind? What, what do you have? It's it's a newer model. It's a Julia. Oh, uh, nice car. Sport, Sport coupe. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful car. So this is our first segment, and our topic is on how has SITE responded to COVID-19. So right now, the amount of resources available to support school leaders in thinking about and responding to COVID-19 is impressive and, and also overwhelming. With our colleagues over all over the state in various stages of distance learning, we wanted to begin today's episode with a discussion of what SITE has done in terms of a response, and then also share some of those resources available. Um, so David, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about what SITE has done to help districts in the these unprecedented times? Well, I think one of the most important things we've done is, is developed a, a really comprehensive resource page on, on our website, and it's mul- updated multiple times each day as, as, you know, as you know, the news changes every hour. So there's always something new to, to put there. So uh, staff has done an awesome job of keeping that updated. Um, we, we've had uh, daily open discussions uh, and, and utilize our partnerships with, with F3 Law to, to make sure we're, we're answering uh, members' questions uh, in real time, as well as creating you know, a guideline document that, that they can use for, for uh, uh, challenges when it, when it comes to uh, you know, legal and, and uh, organizational. We've, we've proactively reached out to our vendor community and asked for, for COVID-19 resources to kind of importantly to suspend the cold calls uh, during this time. That some, you know, at the beginning, a lot of us were, were getting a lot of cold calls in regards to helping us set up our distance learning or, or remote workforce and, mm-hmm. and things of that sort. So it's, uh, they've been really receptive to, to uh, dialing that back a little bit and, and really understanding and, and, and helpful. As a recognized authority for, for IT staff and school districts, we've, we've played a bigger role in, in advocacy efforts in order to bring our, our members' needs to the governor's office and, and to the CDE, including bringing members' reported challenges and, and stories to the governor's daily meetings. We, we really hope that that can help our members out in our organizations and ultimately our students. All right. Thank you for that. Um, that's awesome, David. Uh, Phil, you have anything for us that site's doing? Some other things we've been doing is uh, we've been doing partner webinars for our, our group where um, we have a, an educational partner, you know, such as F3, um, offering, you know, a webinar where we can all come in and listen to the same thing from the experts. But uh, the most exciting is sort of like that when you go to the first day of the conference and you see all those people you haven't seen for an hour. Uh, Laurel helped us organize a, uh, a kind of a celebration last Friday night for one of our members that got an AXA award. And I think there was over 70 people. And you look at these 70 people that all of us are in the trenches. All of us are working you know, 12, 15, 16 hour days right now. Um, our, our job got a lot harder. And so to take a moment and have a virtual happy hour was, uh, was really exciting. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, another thing we've done, we've converted some of our CTO mentor classes to um, virtual classes. And just like we're all getting used to doing these Zoom meetings, we're discovering that 
we can be just as effective here. And we also did one of our uh, board meetings strictly on Zoom. And uh, that was a great accomplishment, both for our classes and for our, our site board, because uh, we were able to go through an eight-hour meeting and stay in tune and keep everybody involved. And then um, the other thing we're doing is this is a dream. This having a uh, up-to-date podcast that we our members can listen to when, like me, I listen to my podcast when I walk in the morning, um, when I exercise. It just it lets me uh, consume this information on my schedule. So I'm really glad we're uh, putting some effort into a podcast. All right, thank you, Phil. Yeah, thank you both. Um, I also want to point out, you know, the online community is a big part of what um, site offers. And so, what have you noticed, Phil, about the online community during this pandemic? Uh, it really shows how connected we are. And uh, we're struggling. Every single district is struggling. And uh, when you get a commonality of an online community, then it allows all of us to speak with authority and not, you know, I wonder, it's this is what the community is doing. And so it, it values everybody for their opinion and what they're going through. And I always uh, quote Howard Gardner, who says multiple intelligences is uh, the greatest thing you can do in, make, in solving a problem. And I think we're bringing that entire community, we technology communities used to be very uh, isolated. And mm-hmm. you know, I think one thing that site is doing a wonderful job of is bringing this community to the forefront and giving every single person a voice. That's great. Yeah. It's always, it's always been such a great community and, and I've definitely seen a lot of, uh, a lot of increase in usage recently um, as a result of COVID-19. Um, it's a very so- definition of crowdsourcing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, so apart from the, uh, the things that, sites doing to support COVID-19. What else is going on um, with with site leadership uh, to support our members? Um, We revised the strategic plan and now it includes establishing more committees to encourage members to participate in our community directly as well as being a path for for potential future services a board member. Committees will include a a member engagement committee, conference committee, and and many more. Currently, we only have an awards committee. Uh, so we're, we're expanding our, our committees to, to important areas of the organization. Uh, and we definitely want to encourage those who are both at the front line, uh, our help desk technicians, analysts, as well as those who are managers or CTOs to participate. Uh, right now, we're trying to determine when the best rollout time is with everything considered. Uh, but we'll, we'll have some updates coming soon with, with details on how how members can participate. All right. Thanks, David. Appreciate that. Um, Phil, you got anything for us? Another part we're doing is we're really expanding our education programs. And uh, something David said earlier that we become Zoom support to, in my case, 950 teachers. And I think uh, we've always wrestled with what can site do to help you know, certify and educate. We have our CTO mentor program. Now this whole pandemic is forcing us to um, also be teachers and deliver training that you know, right now I cannot give my guys vacation. Um, they definitely can't go out and get training. So we're developing at least one to three virtual programs this year to offer certifications to all our membership from the technician all the way to the CTO. That's great. And then David, is there anything else um, you want to add? Well, it's, it's still our 60th year. Um, and, and we, we still plan to, to have our, our conference, our annual conference, which which was it is still uh, scheduled to be a, a really big special blowout to, to celebrate six decades. Um, 
so 60th anniversary that's that's a lot of a lot of years for an organization so we mm-hmm. we'd really hope to to uh pull out all the stops and and as of now we're still planning on doing that uh one thing differently that we're doing those is, is the last day of our conference um we're converting it to uh longer labs or, or sessions in order to meet the requests of our members we've had a lot of requests for some more direct um, uh, professional development in the, on the technical side of things. So we're looking to expand on those offerings and, and, and offering, you know, possibly some boot camp style sessions on, on that last day of the mm. conference. Um, nice. yeah. So, so if you want to roll up your sleeves and, and dive into three, four hours of education labs, that that's going to be the day to do it. The last day of the conference. Uh, you'll you'll be able to participate in that day even if you can't attend though, uh, because we'll we'll be making some of those things virtually available as well. Uh, the the deadline for for call for sessions we we've extended that to May 31st in in response to to everybody being kind of tied up with other things. So uh, really encourage uh, those that that plan on going or that are hoping to to go to to consider uh, submitting a session proposal. All right, thank you. So I frequently use the COVID-19 resource page that Sites created, um, and I've attended a couple of the members' calls. It's been really helpful. Uh, one I got on, the F3 attorney was, was 20 minutes early, and she's like, okay, you got 20 minutes of free time. What do you want to talk to me, talk to me about? So I found those super helpful. Um, the level of sharing that's going on right now has always been um, great among site members, but it's just even more so now. And it really helped me prepare for radical changes like virtualizing our board meetings. That was a heavy lift these last few weeks. So we'd love to hear a little bit about more in terms of the district level responses. Yeah, I think we've all learned um, you know, how important it is to collaborate and share stories during this pandemic. Site staff have shared that the online community has never been more active. You know, We've shut down our world and in the absence of being able to get together physically, we've almost grown closer. Um, so while this is still a very live and evolving situation, there are lessons in how you both responded to COVID-19 at your districts. David, can you tell us uh, about the weeks leading up to the school closure and what you felt you had in place and ready to go? The weeks leading up to it, uh, there's a lot of lot of uncertainty. Things were happening around us. Our, our superintendent mm-hmm. was was in sync with the other districts in our county, and and they were trying to to act uh, in unison as as far as as what what took place. But it came down to to you know there's a 24 hour period where there was just meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, yes. and and uh, and uh, it was late on a late on a Friday evening where where we made the call. It, um, our, our superintendent in consultation with, with her cabinet, with us, we kind of said, this is, this is the way we need to go and, and uh, communicated that to the, to the other districts in the county. And, and they all decided, you know, that's, that's what we have to do. So pull the plug and then just dealt with it at that point because it, it all moved very, very quickly. We just, you know, we, we can't think about it too much. We just, we just have have to. We have to do it. We have to go. We have to do what's best for for our students and and, and our staff and and uh, their families and 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 figure out, you know, pick up the pieces and figure out how how to best go forward. Because, again, like you said, it's an evolving situation. Something changes every day, so um, it's it's almost impossible to to plan. One of the things that, that we had going for us is, is we were already one-to-one in grades three through eight with Windows laptop devices. So that really worked in our favor. Our seventh and eighth graders had been taking them home. Hmm. And, and with the uncertainty of that, that last day being a Friday and not knowing how we were going to, to handle the laptops at that, that point if we were to close, we, we got word out to our junior highs to, to have the students 
leave their laptops at school so we could we could kind of figure out and get everybody back on a level playing field and then then decide how we were going to move forward after that so yeah um once we decided yeah we we need to send the devices home but we need to do it um you know all the way down to, to third grade and, and then go with packets uh for for grades below that we we did it by by school and, and by class and we let the the school administration kind of um uh, plan and organize that because they know their 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 school's best. They know their parents best on on the best way to to coordinate that, and and uh, it worked out really well. And and again, because we were already one to one, every one of those students already had a device assigned to them. So we we didn't have to do a whole lot in that regard. They're all managed uh, by by uh, Intune. So nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We had we had a lot of things in place already that that uh, was really fortuitous. Yeah, that's something we're struggling with right now. Um, we use Chromebooks for our students, um, but for our staff, they have we have a lot of Windows laptops out there, and we've kind of had the traditional um, on-premise management. So we're we're moving to off-premise management now. So it's quite a big lift mm-hmm. for us. So it's interesting that you uh, it's, it's fortuitous that you already had that in place for your student laptops. That's awesome. How about you, Phil? Why don't you tell us about the weeks leading up to the uh, to your school closure and uh, kind of what you felt like you already had in place and ready to go. Well, our big challenge right away, we knew it was going to be our 16,500 Chromebooks that are um, designed and security and everything to run on-premises only. Yeah. And so um, we had to uh, go into full force with all hands on deck, and we hired some uh, additional technicians from STS Technologies across the street from our district. And uh, we, we totally uncarded uh, almost 4,800 Chromebooks, and that meant um, taking the Chrome cart apart and uh, taking the power supplies out, disinfecting the uh, Chromebooks, cleaning them up, any repairs needed to happen. And then we had to start them up and redo the policies, which took like an additional mm-hmm. uh, 10 minutes for 4,800 uh, Chromebooks. And uh, we um, that was 12 hours a day for quite a while. And then we yeah. did um, six days of distribution to our community, starting off with um, the uh, secondary. And then we thought that, you know, secondary went real well, um, and that did go real well, but what we were surprised about was elementary. Elementary filled up our parking lots and down the street to pick up the Chromebooks. Uh, we're lucky in Simi Valley that our, with our food distribution, that our Simi Valley Police Department was has been a great partner. So we just started talking about this they gave us five out five officers at each site. They managed all the traffic, and it worked like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, and really uh, nice. now we have four thousand out, and we're still handing out about thirty to forty um, Chromebooks every couple of days. Very nice. What I think is just so amazing is things that we thought was never possible or unimaginable um, have just been. We've we've pulled them off. Uh, yeah. I was just out. I had to go deliver a hotspot to a family this morning, and I was uh, driving back through town. And I I'm in Pasadena, and I saw um, on the corner Pasadena Unified had a curbside tech support pop up tent, and I just thought amazing. Like the things yeah. that we're figuring out to try to solve these problems um, is pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we've had some conversations in, internally. We were a lot like Phil's district in that um, we have Chromebooks, but they weren't going home with students. And mm-hmm. we know that we've always wanted to 
get to the point where they went home with students. And I think somebody said, you know, well, it only took a pandemic too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things have been changing because of it. Um, good things, actually. Good things have been mm-hmm. changing. Yeah. So David and Phil, I want to ask you this next question. What may have taken you by surprise um, when, you know, living in this now for, for five and six weeks? Honestly, and, and this should not have taken me by surprise, but, but it's, it's been a pleasant surprise is, is how quickly the teachers have seemed to have adapted to, to teaching from home. Uh, they, I mean, they have, they have the same laptop devices the students do, and, th- and that was intentional, so, so they'd be able to help them when we, when we transitioned over. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we've, you know, we've made a lot of online resources available to them over, over the past few years, and, and the way they've, they've taken to those, as well as Office 365 and using Teams, um, and, and, uh, you know, putting together, uh, screencasts and, and, and sharing videos and, and Microsoft streams and, and, and getting things out there. I, I got into streams one day last week and, and just scrolled down all the content that, that teachers have been posting there. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's really inspiring, honestly. And, and yeah. it, it just make, makes you feel good that, that, uh, they, they, they had this all along. We just, just needed to, to, to make sure they had the tools. It only took a pandemic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> were they um, using Teams and, and the streams and the other tools there? Were they using those heavily before? They were using them, but not, not heavily. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, they, they, they've had some professional development. Uh, they've, they've had some, some tutorial videos, some, some, uh, some screencasts and things like that. And we've, we've made that stuff available, but, but uh, they've, they've really they've, they've taken to it for the most part. And, and uh, we're continuing yeah. to build on, on the, the PD uh, opportunities around those those tools. Yeah, I imagine we're all seeing kind of the same things because I know in my district we're seeing you know, Google Classroom usage accelerating, uh, teachers creating Google sites to post content and stuff. It's been it's been it's been awesome actually, just seeing seeing those tools that have kind of sat and and been used to some degree and um, kind of languishing though as far as uh, the full adoption. And now I think we're just really ramping it up, and I'm I'm excited to see what it's going to look like in the future. Right, right, right. And then, Phil, same question for you. What, what might have taken you by surprise? Well, I think one thing, going back to the elementary part that we didn't um, really figure into the factor is that a lot of parents are working from home. And mm-hmm. so with the parents working from home, with maybe they might have one or two computers, especially at the elementary level, um, it became apparent that um, the parents were motivated to get students the Chromebooks so that they could get their work done. And uh, in handling, you know, being at the front lines and handing them out, I think uh, – one of the things that was very apparent is how many mothers are struggling with everything going on and getting the Chromebooks and dealing with uh, their, their kids a lot more than they're probably used to because now they're in a teacher role. And, mm-hmm. uh, and without a doubt, how many people said thank you and how many people smiled and were very appreciative of the work of the technology department and the ed services department to come up with a good cohesive plan. So that's, um, it's been a time to shine. It's been a lot of hard work, but uh, for the good reasons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's great. So David, how has the tech position changed during the last few weeks? Um, What are some bright spots for you guys? As of now, for the most part, they're working from home. Um, I've, I've been able Mm -hmm. to bring, bring them in for, for periods here and there to, to help when we need help specifically related to delivering online instruction to deliver the, the, the meal program or, or duties assigned 
in, in regards to those things specifically. But, but uh, for the most part, they, they've been working from home. Um, okay. I'll, I, have a, uh, I have a help desk queue set up specifically for distance learning. And we work through the, the school site learning directors, the teachers work through their learning directors and the learning directors put, puts in a ticket if, if necessary. And, and we, we have to kind of let the tickets build up a little bit uh, before we can bring a tech in and, and, uh, and, you know, take care of them. It, it, it's challenging when, when the devices mm-hmm. aren't in our possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, there's only so much you can do remotely and it's a lot yeah. less than we thought we could. Yeah. Uh, we can't do anything about their internet access at home. There's, there's just, mm-hmm. there's, so we're right now we're, we're trying to figure out the best way to, to, uh, to organize this support going forward, uh, f- mm-hmm. for not just our students, but for our teachers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in regards to if they need something done with their device, what that's going to look like, you know, tossing around things like, like, like you said, the pop-up, the drive-through tech support, um, mm-hmm. things like that. So we're, we're, we're evaluating what, what our teachers needs are in, in those areas and, and trying to figure out a, a good way to move forward, uh, with the, the boundaries we, we have with, with our, our classified, um, staff right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Phil? Well, first of all, uh, Jamie, I'm going to steal that idea of a pop-up tent <laughs> support, and it's going to be at LA and Cochrane here probably pretty quick in Simi Valley. Um, that is shout, awesome. Shout out um, to TJ Pasadena Unified. I'm sure yes. that was his idea. Yeah. Great idea. Um, so it's been a radical change for my department. Um, our technicians, we're a large school district, and there's been a fear for the last couple of years that if they started remote supporting using our BombGuard tools, that they might be out of a job because um, they're in the mode of they need to take a ticket, get in a truck, drive across town, solve that issue, and go drive to a different school. Yeah. And so now that they're working at home, they first thing it was – they were walking on each other. We, we quickly established an email address and a phone number for parents. And, uh, and a lot of, they started rubbing on each other. So I said, going back to one of our site conferences where we had the CEO of Starbucks and I, I reread his book three or four times. And uh, so using his philosophy, I had the text, I put up a spreadsheet with nothing on it. And I said, okay, you guys figure out how to work together from an email to a phone on this spreadsheet so that nobody's um, stepping on the other person's work because we have too much work to do now. And within, uh, we have a great spreadsheet because uh, we're doing everything now in Microsoft Teams. And um, we've been working on that for the last three or four months. And that was really lucky because the whole department is organized through that one app. And we have everybody working off the same Excel sheet at the same time. And it's become very efficient. And our tech keep making little tweaks to the spreadsheet. And uh, that to see them working as a team and no grumbling, no worries about union issues and so forth. And then uh, our entire department, and we voted on this and we played around with this quite a bit, but our entire department, it's good for us to see each other on a Zoom meeting at exactly seven o'clock every morning and uh, try and get one of our techs to comb his hair a little better before he turns on his video. <laughs> but uh <laughs> He just, you know, he wakes up maybe a minute before it starts. Yeah. But um, just like getting that whole group and that team really um, mm-hmm. functioning together with a cause um, has been a, a great change for us. Now, did, and, I, did I hear well, you say, oh, sorry, Phil, I was just, I'm 
I'm just saying the world of the technician changed radically in the last few weeks. Yeah. Did I hear you say that you guys are providing support for our tech support for students? So students are able to call in? We, yeah, we're we're providing support for the entire district. And so with uh, content filtering with our CK, um, our content keeper, we have to keep adjusting the policies because we can't be, you know, have no gaming going on. And, you know, we have to relax on some of those things throughout our policies, um, helping kindergartners log in, helping the dad of a kindergartner log in, and let the kindergartner log in. Yeah. Um, so they, we, there's actually a lot of psychology going on also. Yeah. Um, but at the bottom line, we're responding as fast as we can to uh, quite a call queue. Yeah. How, how have your uh, texts, um, how have they worked through the transition of, of supporting students and families from their homes? Because that's something they hadn't done before since the devices weren't going home previously. Yes, there was, we had to draw some lines about what does ed services do? So, yeah. for example, if a teacher cannot put up a Google Classroom because they've never used Google Classroom before, now they're forced to, yeah. all 950 teachers. And so that is our issue. But once they're in a Google Classroom, we have a great team of TOSAs and Ed Services that helps them on how to use Google Classroom. So just getting to know, they just wanted parameters. Yep. What can we fix? How do we work with this other department? Um, and then how do we, who on our team has, they're doing, I think what all tech support people do with teams, they're using the channels. And so they're all helping each other solve problems in the back channel while they're on the phone or they're emailing. And yeah. we're actually capturing that data and turning it into FAQs on our, our support system. Yeah, that's been really um, really interesting for me to see. We use WebEx Teams because we, we purchased uh, Cisco's WebEx products last year. Um, and we, we turned on WebEx Teams and we started using it pretty heavily because of, of COVID-19. And it's, it's awesome to see the techs working together and solving their own problems with each other and really leveraging that kind of group think um, that probably it did happen before, but you had to pick up, they had to pick up the phone before or send an email or wait until lunchtime to talk to their buddy. Uh, and now they just jump on and, and, and do that group think real quick, which is I think a, definitely a benefit for the whole district. Yeah. In our world, we used Slack um, kind of starting, we launched that when state testing happened and we had to figure out how to be, you know, change our, change our role for six weeks to get through state testing for the first round. And so Slack became this like, you know, really important part of the tech world. And so right as, right as we are about to shut down schools, we created Slack for each of the school sites. Oh. And um, so the teachers are doing a lot of their collaboration on there and then they can ask us questions. So we get to help them as they need it. Um, so kind of on demand. So it increased our hours a whole lot because Slack messages come in all times of the day, but <laughs> yes. you know, we just, they just know that they, we may not answer immediately, which is the expectation has been set clearly, but um, it has really kept us feeling like a family um, because yeah. the teachers, I, I really think the teachers are now honorary tech department members because they've, they've taken on so much um, all the problem solving. So um, having, having a way that everybody can stay in touch has been really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks. Thanks, everybody, for your conversations about um, reflecting on COVID-19 and, and what does kind of look like at the, uh, the district level. And I think now we'll move on to our next segment. 
So while many listeners may still be in reactive, even response mode with COVID-19, because it's still developing around us, we also have to balance with trying to be proactive and, and even predictive. I remember one session at site, I, I don't know if it was a keynote speaker or somebody, but they were talking about, um, you know, that's the goal, right? We've got to move from response mode to mm. being proactive, but even the next level with with the advances in um, kind of machine learning and AI and sensors, like even predictive thinking is possible. Yeah. So it made me think about that, you know, while we have, um, you know, two leaders with site and leaders in their district, um, you know, I'm having some some anxiety and some worry thinking about what's coming next for us. Like what's, what's in our future, you know, what does next year look like? Um, And the way I kind of handle that is I try to brainstorm and I try to plan and, and then I'm organized and I got it. Like then, then I can think, but because this is just, it's evolving so quickly, I'd love to pick all of your brains and just think about, you know, what do we need to think about for the future? Whether the future for us right now is just how do we close school? Um, You know, are we doing device collection, not doing device collection? Um, What are we thinking about summer? Um, if that's something that's on, that, that you're, you're working on, or even this fall. Um, so I'd love, again, just for our tech leaders that are with us today, what should we be thinking about right now um, around COVID-19? Yeah, Phil, why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, fill us in. There's a lot of, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of uncertainty for me. Um, so I'd just, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on, on where you think we're going to need to be, you know, six months from now, maybe. Yeah, for us, you're right. The, I think the overall picture is that it changes every week. And we're having to be nimble, creative, and I like the, the really like the word predictive. So currently this week, we've been doing a lot of discussion about, we've promised the high school principal and our three elementary schools that every Chromebook will be back in a cart and functional for the first day of school in August. And um, so what does that mean for cleaning? We're trying to find facts about what does it mean to have a disinfected Chromebook? What is the standard and, and, and how much does that cost? We have an aging fleet. Um, we plan to change the fleet in 2022. So we have to put all those parameters together and, and take yeah. a financial look at what's most prudent. And at the same time, we have to start thinking, what if, you know, we've heard some feedback on this. What if some parents are not going to send their kids to school? They're going to say, I like this method that, you know, half the class is at home and half the parents would send them to school because they have to or they're willing to. Um there could be some really blended education formats that we're not even thinking about yet. And then how do we do attendance on that? And mm-hmm. so um, I think right now we have a lot of great minds working on it. And in our Ventura County Office of Education is doing a great job of leadership of bringing superintendents, uh, our, us technicians, our technicians, but us technology people and the uh, CBOs together to kind of figure out Okay, what are all the what ifs that we should be thinking about? Yeah, I know a lot of our discussions are. Um, you said you mentioned CBOs there. A lot of our discussions are, are how do we temper some of our plans around um, potential losses of, of monies for next year or maybe mm-hmm. the year after. So that's been that's been kind of interesting. Um, how about you, David? I, I think for the most part, as we a lot of districts are, are looking, are, they're, they're closed for the rest of this academic year, and, and I, I think instead of looking at, as things winding down at the, the, uh, as the academic year comes to a close, um, really need to start thinking about ramping things up and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and learning from, from what we've, we've done so far and, and figuring out a way to, to make it better, to make it more efficient going forward. Because, you know, the reality is we, we have to be ready to flip the switch again if, if, if it comes in the fall. Yeah. And, and, uh, we haven't figured out what we're going to do with our devices yet. You know, whether we're going to 
we're going to bring them back. We know some of them aren't coming back. So yeah. the, the, the one thing we did is, is we had to accelerate our plan to, to refresh. And, and mm-hmm. now, now those devices that we have sitting there ready for refresh, we're going to probably need to backfill uh, so that mm-hmm. we do have devices for, for every child when, when August comes around again, whether it's for them to take home or whether it's for them to have in the classroom. So it, it's just to, you know, just to be ready and, and, and uh, build on, on the ideas and continue to be agile and, and ready to, to, uh, to, to improve and, and make changes and, and make things happen at, at a moment's notice. Yeah, I think um, kind of a theme that both of you touched on on there was being agile or flexible, probably things that we, we may not have necessarily been in the, pla- in the past. Um, I know, I know we like to plan things out, you know, maybe years in advance or, or at least, at least a year in advance, but I know with like Chromebook refresh, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking multiple years in advance. We talk about our E-rate cycles. We're looking at kind of like five-year refreshes. Now we have this, this thrown on us where, um, like you said, we have to be very agile. I think Phil mentioned the same kind of being flexible there. Well, um, what are some other opportunities that we should capitalize on? What we need to capitalize on is the fact that we're coming back, we're going to have a much highly trained teaching force. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think the technology use is, I think we've been for many years training and doing lots of things. Now it's real. I mean, technology is involved in every single aspect of a child's education. Um, we know it from the district side. Now we're going to have highly trained teachers that I can see um, a lot more classroom demand or technology that works great. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about that piece of this as a, um, uh, as an offshoot, just the the amount of, we could have never trained our teachers to this level this quickly in any other situation. Yeah. We've been, been, Oh, go ahead, Jamie. No, I was just going to say, it just suddenly made me think that this is a full immersion program, right? Yes. Like we, <laughs> we've had boot camps and we've had, you know, all kinds of PD that we could invent and try out over and over again and kind of reinvent ourselves, but this is full immersion. Yeah, we've, we've definitely been having some discussions about how do we ensure, not ensure, but how do we promote um, that we don't regress? So once we do yeah. come back into a traditional classroom, how do we... Um, how do we how do we keep the worksheets out of out of the classroom? Well, and thinking about what David was saying in terms of reflecting, like how do we get teachers engaged in that process so that we do capitalize on the the massive training that they've had and and maybe giving us feedback on what worked well, what didn't work well. How do we um, streamline things? You know, make things easier to access. Yeah, David, what are some uh, opportunities you think we should capitalize on? Well, I'm of the same thinking. We, we, we need to capitalize on the momentum we, we've created around, mm-hmm. around this distance mm-hmm. learning and the, uh, the, the training and the, like you said, it took a, it took a pandemic, but, but mm-hmm. the, the, the depth to which they've, they've uh, embraced uh, and, and utilized the, the, the technology tools that, that they've had uh, at their disposal and, and how they've, they've been creative in, in learning how to use them in, in ways that, that we didn't even expect. So mm-hmm. to, to capitalize on, on, on their, their learning experience, the teacher's learning experience on, in, in this process and, and kind of, you know, tap that as, as we, uh, as our curriculum department works to, to expand on, on what we can do going forward. Um, be, because uh, again, it, it's a, it's going to be a new normal and we just have to, we have to learn from, from everything we've done, our mistakes and our, our successes, 
uh, over this past month and, and in the two months coming up and, and uh, just continue to make it better. Yeah, one, th- one thing that I think we've seen um, is something that we definitely would need to capitalize on going forward is online meetings are working. Uh, they're a little slow and cumbersome, I think, when we first started up. You know, a meeting mm-hmm. that should have taken a half hour probably took two hours. Um, people had to learn how to mute their mics and all that wonderful stuff. But um, one of my uh, curriculum directors was just our curriculum instruction directors. Uh, they hosted a uh, online curriculum council meeting, and he said it was the best attended curriculum council meeting we've ever had because it was remote and people didn't have to drive and it wasn't the end of the day and they weren't tired. They were able to just jump on. And, and um, so I think that's, you know, th- that type of thing is definitely something we want to capitalize on too. Just how can we re- restructure all sorts of things within the district, not just what's happening in the classroom. Yeah, I think that's great. I want to say thank you to our guests, David Goldsmith and Phil Scrivano. We appreciate you joining us on this historic episode one. Perhaps we'll invite you back and you'll be so impressed with how much better we are at this by episode 10. I want to give a shout out to our amazing site staff who supported this podcast, Laurel Nava, Tuda Bentatau, Andrea Bennett, and really just thank you for your support. We want to um, give everybody a call to action. Check out our links to join the member committee. Information coming on that soon. We want you to get your session idea ideas submitted. Um, May 31st is the deadline for the upcoming conference. And we're also looking for music for our podcast. We need yes. some intro music and some transition music. So any of our um, music mavens out there, start producing something for us. We'll take some submissions and might feature you on a future episode. So um, our final uh, final part of the show, we want to give our guests um, a couple minutes of airtime to do some shout outs, some gratitude, or so some appreciation for anyone in your work or personal lives. So David, you're up, and then Phil, you get to go. Well, with that, that last note, I, I, I want to shout out to the site musicians out there. I know you're out there. I've, I've, I've talked to you. I've seen you. There's, there's a lot of great musicians in our, in our community. So um, get to it. Get to it. You'll you'll hear the music on this one, and you'll say, "I can do better." So uh, <laughs> let, let's let's do it. Um, but I honestly, I I, I want to give a huge shout out to to our curriculum department for for just jumping into action, and the instructional coaches for for gathering and putting together the the the, uh, the online learning curriculum for for our district. It, mm-hmm. It's it's made things so much better for, for us to, to support on the technology side. Um, and, and they're constantly working and changing and tweaking. And, and, uh, so it, that they've, they've worked just as hard as anyone else. I know, I know it seems like we're, we're all working harder than we ever have, uh, mm-hmm. you know, since, since we've closed the schools, but, uh, they, they really have, they've, they've got a big burden to, to, to keep these students, uh, learning and, and not lose the momentum of the, the school mm-hmm. year. So, um, uh, a lot of gratitude and appreciation for, for the curriculum staff at our district. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, David. How about you, Phil? Uh, the first uh, big shout out would go to our superintendent, Dr. Jason Poplinski, who now I can't think of another time when our superintendents around the state have been the single focal point, most important people in our communities to uh, guide our communities and our districts through the situation we're going through. I know ours is working tirelessly. And then like David, our curriculum department who had meetings after meetings after meetings to how to prepare packets, how are the Chromebooks gonna work, what is gonna be our curriculum out of the classroom to the student at home. And then uh, my last real big shout out is to uh, our technology department. And my uh, 
in my district. These guys have really banded together. We've done a lot of changing. Um, Microsoft Teams is an awesome product. Uh, they've, they really got it together with all the flexibility and it keeps us all focused. So, but going back again, it's, it's the team and it's the people. And even uh, in some unsung heroes, uh, at least in my district, is our maintenance department who is still working tireless hours and keeping our school safe when there's nobody there and uh, mm-hmm. helping us when flood happened with one of our uh, conduits into a school and started flooding a library. You know, our, our maintenance department is there. Um, there's another uh, at the 24-7. So those are my shout outs. Um, we're all going to get through this. Thank awesome. you. On our next episode, we're going to chat with Kristen Wright from the CDE and Rory Fitzpatrick from West Ed on the topic of special education and FAPE, specifically around distance learning and COVID-19. Yeah, there's a lot of questions there still. Uh, so we have actually we have one final question for each of you. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and start with Phil. Um, and actually, I want to give Phil a shout out. Phil, uh, you were my CTO mentor. Uh, so I appreciate everything you did for me, helping me get through that um, that very arduous program. Um, so the <laughs> question for you is, would you rather have invented the iPhone or the World Wide Web and why? I'll have to go for the iPhone because uh, when I was early on in my teaching career and looking at how the World Wide Web was invented and why it was invented, it had a like a military purpose. I love the fact that we're all connected and we're using it. But as far as uh, a great changing the world device, the, uh, the iPhone, hands down. Awesome. And you get to be a multi-billionaire. By yes. <laughs> How about you, David? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Phil on that one. The, the, the iPhone was, was uh, the first real computer in your pocket. Um, and, you know, it was, it was world-changing. I mean, the World Wide Web... Uh, is world changing as as well, but it, it was kind of a slow burn. It started as yeah. you know, um, started as as uh, just just point to point circuits, and, and just just grew from there. So, um, you know, do we really know who invented the World Wide Web, aside from Al Gore? But uh, the, <laughs> um, everybody knows everybody knows who invented the iPhone, and and, and it, it it did change how we uh, how we we compute. Thanks everyone. It was really awesome having you on our first episode. We really appreciate your time and your expertise. Yep. Thank you, uh, Phil. Thank you, David. And thank you, Jamie, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Shane. All right. Bye everyone.